The first question that I ask is what savings accounts out there in today's interest rates, because this is using today's you know, interest rate assumptions on, on whole life, what accounts get you anywhere near 4% that you can put your money in like a savings account? Think about that. Um, I have not had someone show me something that was anywhere close to that. This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Welcome to the Better Wealth Show. In today's episode, we're going to be covering uh, a very, 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 very popular question that I get almost every day, and it's, Caleb, I don't understand how the AND asset, I don't understand how whole life insurance um, grows, I don't understand the rates of return, I don't understand how to compare it. There are people on the internet that are talking about, you know, whole life insurance versus buy term and invest a difference and and it seems like most of google most of youtube is pro you know buy term and invest a difference and i don't understand why your book why you're such a huge proponent of life insurance now full disclosure better wealth we do more than just whole life insurance we have a whole program that just helps seeing if you're in balance or not financially cash flow wise like it has nothing to do with products we're very passionate about helping you get your money your money thing figured out so that you can live a more intentional life. And um, I'm a big fan of of life insurance. And if it's set up and structured properly, it's incredible. And I'm going to show you that. But before, um, I'm going to give you two disclaimers. Number one, if you're listening to this on uh, the Better Wealth podcast, I would encourage you to go over to YouTube and watch this episode because I'm going to actually show you my computer screen. We're going to get into the numbers, but I almost have to at this point. Like I want to show you what's actually going on and so that I feel understood as it relates to um, the numbers here. And the, the second thing is majority of life insurance is, is awful, like awful, awful, awful. You'd be better off burning your money than putting it in there. And, and I say that respectfully, but like I'm telling you, I've seen time and time and time again, people using my book, using my book and, and, and pushing something that I, I, I want to throw up when I see it. So for the most part, and this is not, I'm going to get a lot of hate in the comments for saying this blatantly, but like if someone's talking to you about an index universal life, this is not what I'm talking about. And in most cases, index universal life is misleading and you're not going to get the results that you think you are. If people are talking about whole life, that's what I am talking about, but there's, you have to make sure that your whole life contract is set up properly and model it off of, I mean, I'm going to show you a straight up cash flow because it's easier example, but there are ways to front load uh, these contracts to really make these even better than what you're seeing. This is just, you're just going to see an example so I can get across the numbers, but there, there's some incredible opportunities out there. And so just make sure you have that. If someone's talking to you about variable universal life, just be very, very careful. This is not a pitch to use someone like us, but just make sure whoever you're working with knows this stuff well and is like doing it themselves. Because when it comes to a niche strategy like this, for more times out of not, I see people messing it up. And, and as a result, they're not better off, quote me, they're not better off for having gone with life insurance in that scenario. So that's my disclaimer. Uh, we're going to jump in and, and essentially here's here's the big takeaway. You're going to understand how um, what internal rate of return is, the actual growth rate of life insurance. You're going to understand the difference between buy term and invest the difference versus what we're doing here. And finally, 
you're going to understand the difference between an or asset and an and asset. I'm going to switch over and uh, I'm going to show myself in the corner here. Essentially, I just want to show you um, here. I'm showing your current age. Uh, we're just looking at 30 years and there's really nothing else that you're missing. So you can see me in, in the corner here. And like I said, if you're listening to this, I'm going to do my best to share what's going on. But I would encourage uh, this uh, to go over to YouTube and watch this. And okay, so here's what's going on. You're you're putting in $20,000 in uh, for 30 years. Again, no comment on the design of this. I'm doing this to make it simple. There are a lot of different ways to front load this. Um, this policy is it utilizes um, three things. It uses a little bit of a term writer that that drops off after 10 years, but mainly it's a base and a PUA, which, which is a fancy way to say it's specially designed to max cash and minimize insurance. Um, so it's, so there's, three, there's three levers going on, but in a whole life chassis, you're really not running the risk that you're running with other life insurances that they can change, change the game on you at any time. So you're putting in $20,000 and you can see the cash value and the cash value is something that you can utilize, borrow against, um, you know, sometimes as early as 60 days after to utilize things. And I say 60 days to be safe. Like, like I said, we kind of have a mantra here at Better Wealth that we, we don't want to be in the business of overpromising because so many people are doing that. And I just want to be real with you. So we tell our clients, once you put your money in, wait 60 days and you'll have access to that. And have we made exceptions to that? Absolutely. So the cash value is access to capital that you have your money to, or you can have access to. And so one of the things that I do is I go over to the cash on cash comparison and you can, this is essentially comparing to a checking account earning zero interest. And on one hand, this alternative account is your checking account and this is your life insurance. And in the alternative account, you put $20,000 in, you have $20,000 put $20,000 in the next year, you have 40,000, whereas your life insurance, you only have 27,000. And you can see for the first really eight years in this scenario, again, don't, like I'm, I'm showing you a very conservative example here. In the first eight years, your bank account is ahead. And then every year after that, there, there's, you know, the life insurance just pulls ahead. And at the end of 30 years, you have $1.1 million in your you know, whole life insurance versus $600,000 in your bank account. That's a difference of almost $600,000 uh, to, so to begin with. So just, just so you know, when I say that this life insurance policy grew at a rate of 4.05%, it did that every single year. A common, a common mistake that people make is they look at the internal rate of return and they, they might see on an illustration that it's 4.05% and they might as assume Oh, it's finally earning 4%. It's finally, it took eight years to even break even, and now it's finally earning money. Well, no, that's including every single year early on as well. So if I copy this, I'm copying the 4%, I'm putting it up into the alternative account. So saying a savings account, let's say a savings account earned this kind of rate of return. And let me get this in, paste. And you'll see your savings account, it should be identical at the end of 30 years, yes, it is $1,177,608. So that's, that, that just proves the point that 4% every single year in a savings account, like it would give you the exact same balance. So the first question that I ask is what 
savings accounts out there in today's interest rates because this is using today's you know interest rate assumptions on on whole life what accounts get you anywhere near four percent that you can put your money in like a savings account think about that um i have not had someone show me something that was anywhere close to that now what's interesting is if you if we go back and we say okay so this is actual an actual four percent for 30 years now so the disadvantage of this policy because we we didn't front load anything is you don't have dollar for dollar access to your money essentially you like if you needed all twenty thousand dollars this is not a good strategy to do this in like this is for the first couple of years you're making a trade-off between you have to you have to give up a little bit of liquidity for the long-term effect of your money being gr growing. But like my book, you can utilize that capital and your money continues to grow. The other thing that people will say is, okay, the fees are big into whole life. Well, number one, you can actually see the actual growth rate, but number two, you have a permanent death benefit that's also growing. The reason why this is also growing is it starts at 1.7 million and at the end of 30 years, it's over 2.4. And the reason that is, is it has to continue to make this thing tax-free. So just some just some thoughts up front, but let's go back to the four percent. So four percent not, not going to change your life. I tell people this all the time. Like this is not 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 going to change your life. And quite frankly, as an entrepreneur myself, four percent like I I I'm looking at growing my business over a hundred percent every year. Like I'm looking at opportunities that are going to get massive rates of return. Why would I Why would I get excited about four percent? And and so number one, we have to understand what that four percent is compared to. Right now, we're comparing it to a place to store capital to use, which is a whole lot better than a savings account. But we also have to understand that that 4% is tax-free because in a whole life insurance contract, your money can will grow without paying taxes and you can borrow against it without paying taxes. And you get to pass on your money income tax-free to the next generation with the death benefit. So the fact that this 4% is, is tax-free, we have to include that. And so when I when I ask people, because we're comparing this to a savings account. If I ask people, like, what, what kind of tax rate do you want me to use? I've had many videos, by the way, that look at taxes going way up. Um, so some people will say 35%. Some people will say 25%. Uh, some people will say 15%. Some people will say 50%. The fact of the matter is this. If your money was in a savings account and you earned interest on that, you would have to account that in your taxes. And... The tax rates, the tax thresholds can all change. And so if you're super analytical, analytical looking at this, you're going to get the tax chart out and say, okay, no, this is, this is what you need to put in. What I'm telling you is to take a step back and ask the question, is it possible in the next 30 years taxes go up at all? And I think most people across the board say that the government needs to increase taxes. So I'm going to put 35%, and this might be extremely low for some of you, and it might be high for others, but I just want to prove the point. If you assumed a 35% tax that you would have to pay on the interest. Now your savings account would earn over, have to earn over 6.24% every single year without a down year. You'd have to earn over 6.24% every single year without a down year in this scenario just to keep up with what's going on with the whole life insurance. Now, now we're starting to look at investments, and if you compare this with investments, you have to compare an actual management fee that you pay to someone like me or that you pay to a fund manager. And when you look at a management fee and you look at, and I'll just, I'll put 1%, one, a 1% 1 management fee would be 7.31%. Uh, and again, 
I'm looking across the board. I'm looking at the the fees that the funds are inquiring. I'm also including the fee that you're paying your advisor. So it could be a whole lot more. But a one percent management fee is like you just need to factor that in. So now you need to earn over seven point three one percent just to keep up with the boring old life insurance. Now what I'm going to add on next is we we will hear this argument about buy term and invest the difference. And again, this is this is valid because you'll still be able to uh, I'll still be able to prove to you if someone earns a greater than, you know, 8%, they would still be better off investing. But that that's going to be not true in a second. So someone says, "All right, well, buy term and invest the difference." Well, you have to factor in the term costs, the money that you're paying for term insurance that it, quite frankly is never able to grow for you ever again. So if you include that, and we're just going to, and I just looked at a $2 million death benefit over 30 years, someone healthy who's, you know, age 35, it would cost 1200 So that's what I used. And quite frankly, this is probably generous. Um, but now you have to earn 7.85% every single year for the next 30 years with no down years just to keep up with the boring old life insurance. Now here, here is the point of this video. Number one, I hope I'm, I'm showing to you that life insurance gets a whole lot greater rate of return than maybe what you think it does on an illustration or maybe what you've been told. And if it doesn't make a ton of sense, go back and rewatch this video or re-listen. We have to factor in, we have to look at the actual growth rate we don't care about the dividends. We have to look at the actual growth rate when you look at the cost of insurance and all that. Then you have to factor in taxes. Then you have to factor in some kind of management fee. Then you got to factor in the cost of the permanent asset that you're getting that someone else would have to get a temporary asset to do the same thing. And so someone in an, an alternative investment would have to earn over 8% every single year without a down year. Dowbar did a study very plainly that pretty much said, yeah, while the S&P did an average of 10%, the average investor did less than four because of behaviors, because of fees, because of losses. And if you've re read my book, you know that an average rate of return are different than an actual rate of return. But that's not even the argument because then any, any good entrepreneur, any real estate investor, or quite frankly, anyone that felt confident about option trading or the S&P would say, Caleb, I can still earn over 8% every single year. Um, or I'm super confident that my average will way outperform this. So I'm just going to buy term and invest the difference. Here's the difference. My book is called The And Asset. The reason it's called The And Asset is life insurance when set up and utilized properly is, is the only paper asset that allows your money to continue to grow and for you to borrow against that capital, that cash value to do other things with. So the majority of my clients entrepreneurs, real estate investors, I have people that do option trading and, and work, in, work in the market. What, what they understand is they want to give their dollar multiple jobs. So what they do is they put money into a life insurance contract and know that conservatively it's going to grow, it's going to protect themselves, it's going to protect them. There's so many other benefits to life insurance that I'm not going to go get into, but it's going to conservatively do that you know, long-term growth rate and they know over a long period of time you'll get anywhere from three four percent and when you factor in taxes when you factor in fees when you factor in the cost of actually having to supplement a, a term insurance you know rider you you're you're around seven or eight percent which outperforms what most people are doing period but 
the person that believes that they are their greatest asset or the person that feels confident in investing, they're not locked into an or situation. It's not this or something else. It's not this or do your Roth. It's simply saying if you can find a better rate of return or something that will help you get closer to your your to be fulfilled, go out and do that. But instead of taking money and disrespecting what that dollar could have grown to you, i.e. seven, eight percent, borrow against your asset, let it continue to grow, and then do with that money, whether it's invest it, give it away or whatever, make sure that money is being more productive than the money that you the, than the borrowing rate. And people will say, well, I have to borrow to use my own money. No, you don't. Because if you use your own money, you're borrowing it essentially anyways because if you take your money out, you're disrespecting what that money could that dollar could have earned you the rest of your life. And so I'm going to go back to just talking to you guys. Um, so if you, if you pay cash for something, you disrespect the value of what that dollar could have been worth, period. And so we finance everything that we purchase, and I'm telling you that the and asset is the most efficient way to save your money and use it because it's taking the context of your lifetime and legacy, but it's also taking the context that immediately, pretty much from day one or year one, you have access to some capital that continues to grow, and, and it gets to a point where you have more capital than what you put in, and you have an ever-increasing pool of capital that you can invest in real estate, you can invest in the market, you can invest in something that can get a greater rate of return, but you also know that your money is pooled and getting the most efficient growth rate with giving you the maximum amount of control. Again, I'm not saying that this is going to outperform in the S&P or the market, even though it could. I'm saying that understanding the and component and understanding the attractiveness of tax-free with after fees, with control, with the permanent death benefit, that there's so many benefits here that that's, that's where we see a lot of entrepreneurs, investors park a lot of money. And people can save a whole lot more money when you give them access and show them how to use it. So here at Better Wealth, we are teaching people how to do this every day showing people how to save a lot more money because if you go to betterwealth.com and check out your model, which if you're watching this on YouTube, you can check out the links below and it will show you our financial model and you can you can see for yourself how much money you need to be saving and that can be overwhelming unless you're given a way to be able to save more money. So I I don't even know how long this video or slash audio is, but this is, this is something that's been requested. Uh, let me know if you enjoy these videos. I could do math videos all day long. I want to be super valuable to you guys. I want to empower you to make wise decisions, to really take this stuff seriously so that you can go out and live a more intentional life. And at Better Wealth, we are really, really, really wanting to serve you and get this message out. So if you're watching this on YouTube and this has been helpful, liking the video, writing in the comments, sharing this with your friends and family, help get our video seen, which helps, you know, just share our message. And if you're listening to this on podcast, number one, I hope I did somewhat of a good job explaining this. And number two, super appreciate the um, shares and, and sharing our message and subscribing and leaving a review. So with that, I'll, I'll let you guys go. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, until next time, have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.